It's Lee's Talk. Uh, JD Buckus, Justin Bourne. Been a while since you and I have done one of these. Um, I'm, I'm terrified that you're about to press. You have this one button on our software that makes it look as though we're, our heads are floating in space together or in an auditorium. I'm like one of yeah. those old people that like technology just doesn't work for. And I touch one thing and everything explodes. It does. And you just literally right before we go to air, you're like, what if I just touch <laughs> one thing? One like, thing. No, <laughs> please don't touch the thing, buddy. Do not resist the temptation to touch the thing. Uh, it's leaves talk. Yeah. Like I mentioned, you and I haven't done one of these in a little while. That was a, that was a weird game because it was fun. There were some really good moments, but there was a lot of, I'm not really sure what the story of the game was. What, what was the story of the game to you? Story of the game for me was that Nashville's not good, but they're also not bad. That felt like they were the computer generated team that yeah. I actually, I sent a text to our group at one point in the third period was like, this is the game where when you have an elite superstar or two, they're supposed to do a thing or two that no one else on the ice can do, and then you yeah. just win the game 2-1. And that is literally how the game unfolded, where the team with the two superstars did a superstar thing, and otherwise the game just kind of happened. Yeah, it, it's funny because, so I had Hal Gill on my podcast today, right? And I mostly had him on to talk about one of my sneaky favorite Leafs teams, which is the 07 team where they missed the playoffs because of a shootout. Your Islanders got in. Yeah. 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 Uh, that, so poke check. Yes, exactly. Is uh, the Islanders get in? Leafs have an exciting game that just kind of gets lost to history against the Canadians that closes out the season. This big yeah. up and down game. But I asked him. I went like, "Does what is?" I wasn't trying to be rude, but what is Nashville's understanding of Connor Bedard? Because to me, what the Predators are is the worst thing that you can be in sports right now. Like same thing with the Raptors, and sadly, I think same thing with my Seattle Seahawks. And this is why I have reservations about it. Like. You, you see special talent at the top of a draft and you just know your team is not it. Like you, you don't have right. a lot of special to you. You know, you're flawed. And that at the end of the day, like, okay, Nashville could crawl into a playoff spot and Soros might is good enough to potentially steal them a series, but like they're a team with a couple of guys, right? Yossi is good. Yeah. Yossi. And, well, I like Forsberg too. I do. He does like. Forsberg kind of disappears for moments, but he does like the odd play where he reminds me of a, like a cool soccer player that scores a <laughs> nice goal every once in a while. If you, you know, were like doing a, a list of the, your favorite players in the league or the best players in the league or guys you'd want, he's like 45th. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's probably low. You, you're putting, I would have him higher. I okay. like him, but I think it might just be because again, he reminds me of like a mercurial soccer striker. Right. And yeah. he had that goal tonight. And I don't know about you, but one of my favorite things in all of professional sports is just when someone, and especially with hockey, is when someone just has that little patience. Because yeah. my brain is just Mr. Panic, you know? I have no Passion thought into of the goalie. Ever... Yes, of course. Like, the idea of me being in a big spot like that and someone just doing that so cool is like, ooh, <laughs> I can't, <laughs> I would, my brain is just mash, mash it, mash. Like, you need some mashers mash. too. Listen, you can't have all the patient guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I like Forsberg. I liked him tonight. But you're right, it just... I think you texted to us that, hey, just feel like Nashville was waiting around. And that yeah. was just waiting kind of how beat. that game. Yeah. That and then game, was like, OK, I'll facilitate that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess to me, the story is just I was watching Nylander play up the middle all night and seeing how that was going to work out for them, because this is 
we've we've all had our takes about what the Leafs should add come deadline time, and it it actually changes for me all the time. I try not to be a weather vane, but it really does. Like you see tonight, their their blue line I thought got a little exposed with turnovers. Um, it's just a lot on Mark Giordano's shoulders. He has to make another just sprawling diving play to keep the game alive, and you're going. It's probably not the kind of plays you want the oldest player in the league to be making routinely. Right. Um, but I, I keep thinking they probably just need to add another center at some point, unless you really believe that in a pinch, Holmberg or Camp can get up there. And then there's a scary moment with Camp, of course. But yeah, I like what did what did you think of Nylander's game tonight up the middle? Because it started really hot. He gives up a goal like the Forsberg goal is with him right in front of him. Yeah. But overall, how would you grade it? <laughs> you know. I- it's almost like it was so expected. Like I, I, I can't give it an, a, you know, an A plus. It's not a failing grade either. It's, it was kind of what I thought you would see from him, which is that there is some risk and some reward. He's more involved. He's going to be, uh, you know, create some chances out of it. The goal against, you know, he's a step ahead of the play and not thinking on the defensive side of things. And right now the Leafs have such good defensive centers. Um, I actually, you know, just a quick note on Austin Matthews defensive play sport logic, uh, tracks defensive touches. I talked about it on our show today. Um, third place in the NHL is Bergeron. Second is Deneau with 190 and Matthews is first with like 265. Like he's the most involved defensive player as a center in the league. So Matthews, Tavares, Camp, Holmberg, all really good defensive guys. Nylander's a riskier guy when he's out there. He's do they give up a goal because of them? They create goals because because of them. I feel like if you're losing a game or a series, it's an option. You know, it's an option, but that's when you're trying to slide the the risk up and and look for a little more reward. I thought it was a mistake to put Engvall with them. I know that they weren't exactly like deep with options, but yeah. that's yeah, that's just the kind of guy I didn't really want to see on his line. And it's weird because I feel like they, they tried them together maybe in the preseason or maybe at some point. I have like a faint memory of the two of them showing a little bit of chemistry. But, yeah, I thought overall pretty tough night for Engvall. He has the turnover like behind his own net. That clearly got him demoted from the top line for a little bit. And then they went back to it because Keith watched Kerfoot shoot a couple times and was like, <laughs> right. You can't do that. <laughs> I keep forgetting. Yeah. You're out there. You're moving around. You're looking pretty good. I forget that you can't shoot. But, yeah, I, I like Nylander tonight. I thought his first period especially was really nice. He came out kind of yeah. flying around. McKee was losing his mind. He's like texting me. He's the, that's the best period I've ever seen William Nylander play. Oh, I, I didn't feel it. that. Hey, okay. I didn't feel that strongly about it. Like Sammy's not on tonight, but yeah, he tweeted it. He put, he put the force behind it. Like that's the best I've seen William Nylander play. And I, I, like I said, I didn't feel that strongly, but I will say really to his credit, I I don't know if like that predators team, it's a bigger team. It's still a Western conference team. And and I think the kind of impressive thing for me tonight, if I'm going to like the most credit I can give the Leafs is that it's like how many teams out there are best player just look, pretty much fine for the vast majority of the game against the team that's kind of like that's hot right now but I will say so uh, I did think about Matthews a lot in the game because of what I text you where I was like this Mm. seems like a game where Matthews would just shoot one in and you know that especially on the power play right and so they didn't quite have that element but you're right the team otherwise looked good without him I also thought going into this game it was a similar test to what they would have faced in previous playoffs like a Columbus or a Montreal where they had trouble scoring the you know they had trouble getting chances the other team's goaltender gave them a hard time and they just went ah it's just not going to happen 
and you just yeah. wait for the superstars to kind of find a moment or two. And in playoffs, it hasn't happened, but it's good. It's good to run up against teams like this where you say, you know, their strength is their D and their physicality and their goaltending. You find a way through to the other side of it. I think that's progress for the Leafs. Saros is impressive. He is. He is. Like, like I, you're a goalie guy, like being smaller yeah. like that, he has to move so much. That to me is more impressive than being Matt Murray, who is yeah. very good in a very different way. So th- this is funny. Like this, this is complete hater talk. I, I already know people will check out on this take, but I actually thought tonight was like, UC Saros is the kind of guy that must look at Matt Murray and think, man, if I had your body, like I, I could be like, I, I I'd be going to the hall of fame. Like the way that I move, yeah. like, of course it's different, the difficulty of the move. But what I like about Saros is that he's a relatively speaking by today's standard, because there's just no such thing as like tiny goalies anymore. But for a yeah. smaller stature goalie, he looks bigger than he is, which yeah. I really like, I which I really that. like about his game with Matt Murray tonight. He was solid. He gave you the vintage Matt Murray performance, right? Which is the predators didn't do anything that was overly difficult tonight. And he didn't make, he didn't let in a bad one. But to me, there's just, there's one thing that is very clear. The Leafs play in front of their goaltenders. And when they do it well, they make it very easy on them. And so like you look at the stats at the end of the game at Matt Murray's stats and you go like, look at this. He only let in one goal on what was it? 30 or something. Yeah. Yeah. So it looks awesome. And I know people are freaking out because they're like, JD, what about that first save? That first save was like. One of the worst shots of the year. Like, the, I can't remember who took it. The one where he goes across Definitely his net. Like, before you see a replay, you're like, oh. Oh, I freaked out. Before yeah. I saw the replay, I went, that's the most athletic save I've seen all year. And then I saw the replay and I went, oh, no, it's not. It's literally just him falling backwards, praying, and then a guy muffed the shot. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to hate. He did a good job. He did the job. Like, what else is he supposed to do? He let in one goal, and it was a patient Forsberg in front of the net. Like, I, like good performance for Matt Murray. I just... Yeah. This wasn't one where I looked at the goaltender and went like, it's a low scoring game and a lot of, a lot of shots and thought, yeah. Hey, the Leafs goalie really saved their ass tonight. I just felt like he was solid. Yeah. yeah you know, I'm almost coming to grips with the fact that the Leafs are a team that limits chances and shots. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, their goaltenders may not be asked to be spectacular. You know, they're going to play Tampa Bay and Boston and really good teams in the playoffs and more may be required of them in those situations. But as for now, it's like, the guys can only play the game that's in front of them, yep. playing a good game by and large. So keep it up. Bro, there's just so many mediocre and bad teams. Yeah. Like, I, I like the Leafs. Like, I think that they are a good team. That has been established. Like, they are a very good regular season team. That's been established by the fact that their head coach has one of the best five regular season records in NHL history, right? Yeah. Like, they're a bona fide, certified, top tier team. If, they if lose. nothing happens in a game, they win. Like, yes. if you just, you know, like if it's kind of an event list about what you expect game, they usually win. Mm-hmm. They're going to win. Yeah. It's a good hockey team. I, I, again, this isn't to try to take anything away from them. This is probably a weird Leafs talk. People are hating on this one because they just want a game. But there are just so many nights where I watch them and I'm watching the opponent and going, what is it you say you do here? Like, that's, I'm office hey. space where I'm like, what's the direction of this franchise? Like, what are you guys trying to do? And I've never felt so down on the league from the standpoint of like, this is the, the salary cap thing is finally taking its toll. Yeah. Like there are just uh, every so day. Many, I'm grateful. I do oh. a leaf show. I thank God. Oh my God. Could you imagine watching that Fred show every night? 
Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Detroit. I I know. Listen, I know. Every day I'm grateful it's the Maple Leafs and the fans Ducks. too. <laughs> At least the Ducks, though. You're like, hey, you could get drunk on the Ducks post game show. Like there's no one watching. Just get obliterated and be like. Man, Zegers one of these days he'll be really great. <laughs> like that's every show you have to do. Like Mason McTavish, <laughs> he's gonna be. A star. I don't know what the hell you do with that product, but it just. Yeah. I, I I'm so excited for Saturday night against the Bruins. I and know. I, I, I'm just like, please, please don't be a bad game. Like, please don't one of these teams just no show because I need this. Like, I need to see some good hockey because, yeah, you know, I'm just tired. There's a piece of me. That thinks the Leafs, you know, so Kiprios wrote, wrote a column recently where he was like, all that matters to me is like the remaining games against Boston and Tampa. Otherwise, you know, it's 35 other exhibition games or whatever. So part of me wonders if the Leafs haven't looked at their schedule and they're like, yeah, like Matthews has a little nagging whatever. We're, we're going to be fine against Nashville and Detroit. You know, Brody's yeah. kind of got a little bit of a whatever. We're probably okay for a couple of games we could use getting Timmons in. So... Boston, I think you see their full lineup. Um, I 100% agree. Yeah. I think what the Leafs are doing right now is load management. Like, nagging, yes. injury, guy uh, out. The rib thing is a little bit. You just can't say load management or they fine you. So they're like, no. yeah, it's hockey. Everyone's got something. You, They fine you. You get ridiculed. Like, you can't have it. But what they're doing is clearly that. There is absolutely, like, from the sounds of things, 0%. Chance that Austin Matthews would miss a game if it was of any consequence. Right. Like this is this is part of the other thing that I'm down right. about the regular season is that the playoff format stinks and Gary Bettman just won't capitulate. Like he will not admit that they did something that isn't working. Like yeah. what are the rivalries that we've really gotten from this playoff format? Like what's been the payoff? Like you don't think that Boston no Toronto works without this? Like that they could have met potentially, that the good teams could meet in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Without yeah. having it geared this way, like we've gotten one battle of Alberta. I know it's ridiculous, and I'm just thinking about it. So if you go one versus eight, old format, they're the yeah. second best team, I think, or thereabouts, third best team. So they're probably getting like the Islanders or the Penguins or someone yep. like that in the first round. You they know, beatbox like, in the first round more than likely. Like, it's just you know the way I don't know. I know it's of course it's midseason, so we're grousing about this, but it's like you know. You want the best teams to be in it at the end. You want the best teams yep. to be in it in the conference final and whatever. Anyway, we're not going to be able to change know what, it. Born, though? No, but this is, why, this is why we're complaining about, though, is because it already feels like we've always been told, you know, people who observe the Leafs, like the regular season doesn't matter. The regular season doesn't matter. And a lot of times I, I've pushed back on that. Like I, I do. Because I've always thought, and, and the Leafs actually deserve a lot of credit, because to me, the regular season has mattered this year because of the defensive buy-in of the group. Like, they seemingly have taken what they, the way they played last year in the playoffs into games like tonight where you just mentioned it, where you drop the puck and they're going to win. They're the better team. They don't play down to their competition the way that they used to. They're a pretty solid team defensively, like, every single night. You just mentioned that Matthew stat, like, about yeah. the defensive touches. It's funny because he doesn't play on the penalty kill, and so he'll never get brought up in Selkie conversations, but right. he absolutely should be like, I'm not just being a Homer. I watch the league every night. 
there's no there's no five better defensive forwards in the NHL than Austin Matthews. Like, yeah. what are we doing here? He's no. clearly should be in the conversation. And if you look at just like fan ballot stuff or some things, midseason award columns, I was looking through them, rifling through. I didn't see his name anywhere. Right. Like yeah. Mar- Marner's ahead of him, which fine. He kills penalties, whatever. Yeah. Matthews is elite defensively, like yeah. elite, elite, elite. I think it shows a sign of maturity for him that he's dedicated himself to that side of the ice as much as he has. Go on down the line. Like the Leafs are a really good hockey team that pretty much every night plays well. And I should be more invested in this. But again, flat cap has resulted in a lot of their opponents where I feel like the North Division where I'm going, okay, they were good. But what am I really measuring this against? Like, how am I supposed to take away what they did against Detroit? And then number two is like, well, you're not fighting to get ahead of Boston. That's already done. And do you really care if game seven against Tampa is in Toronto or in Tampa? Like, I don't. you do a teeny tiny smidge of a smidge, but like in the grand scheme of things, it's not, I'm not, I can't get, I can't pretend like that's life and death for me. I just can't. Yeah. Yeah, I I know. I, it is a a frustration. I just, you know, I think back to Tavares scoring game seven in Toronto last year before it gets waved off and the fans and all that. And like that moment can happen without the bad outcome and it would be amazing for the fans. They've earned it anyway. I want home ice. I'm just saying yes. that the reward of an extra home Boston's game against gonna trip on their feet at some point for a week. So like, again, I don't get to watch Boston. Like I watch every Leafs game. So I flip on them whenever. And the last game I actually watched them play was against the ducks. Like, and I didn't watch the whole game. They put I up watched a touchdown the against. Yeah. Yeah. They team. did actually, it was one of my favorite live bets of the year. I bet them minus one and a half when they were up, uh, they were up a goal already. And yeah. it was, the line was minus one forty seven. And I was like, uh, I will be putting a heavy amount of money on this. And yeah. guess what? They touched down. Awesome. Uh, they just look good. And like the Allmark thing looks real. And you know what I really think about with them? And maybe this is a little bit of a preview for Saturday because it matters. Their, their top pairing is just like they just have studs at the top. And this is the one thing with the Leafs. And I actually think that this popped up a little bit tonight with no Brody. Leafs made quite a few turnovers tonight. Gio mm-hmm. had a really bad one in the second period. But I'm not going to knock Giordano. He makes the right play 9 million, whatever, like 999 times out of 100 yeah. or 1,000. Um, Timmons had three, like egregiously bad turnovers in the third period tonight. He's getting comfy. And yeah. And it was a bit of a reminder of like, oh, right. That's what those guys do. By the way, I thought Lilligren was good tonight. Yeah. Like I, I thought Lilligren had a really solid night, but Timmons made a bunch of mistakes. They just, they were kind of like sloppy with their blue line and they didn't really have a guy that I felt back there where you went, oh, you feel really great about player X. The team is great, but. Position yeah. for position, they're just kind of vulnerable back there compared to what Boston yeah. has, I would say. I, I even felt like, you know, protecting a one-goal lead with a minute left, and you got Geo and Hall as your D pair. Mm-hmm. I, li- I like it. It's fine. But, like, I want Brody out there first among Toronto Maple Leaf defensemen of course. in those in those minutes. So, a um, couple other guys to get to tonight. Do you want to talk Bobby McMahon? Yeah, we can. I thought that, like, I noticed him early, and then I didn't ever again. Yeah, okay. you know i I knew coming into the game it was like i thought he there's a chance that he would look good because all the scouting reports are he goes north he skates fast he's big and he's strong it's like everything you're hoping if there's this great play too the diving one-hander to kerfoot your first nhl game you create this chance and alex kerfoot can't put it away for you wouldn't that kill you well 
I just I think this is so funny because he makes a spectacular play here. And I, I, I like to believe that in that moment, things slowed down, right? Like he made that he play like, and things this, slowed this down. This goes. Yeah. He, and he's like, I'm going to be on talk shows. To, like everyone's going to be talking about my play. And, you know, I'll probably get a second game on the back to back here. Like they can't take me out of the lineup if I get a point <laughs> and it's a spectacular play. And then he sees it's Kerfoot who's like receiving. He's like, don't worry. Like, <laughs> like, ah, just, I'll just go back to the bench. You know, like it's yeah. just, it is what it's it is. It's like it never happened, right? Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, so nice play by him. And you did notice the North South stuff. And yeah. like, it is nice seeing a guy. And I say this about Dryden Hunt, and I've been saying it over the last couple of games. I like having guys in your bottom six, especially in a regular season, who know like what they're there to do. And he clearly yeah. does that. Um, but yeah, I just, it's hard for me to get, I don't want to see the guy. It's just like hard for yeah. me to get too excited. I noticed him early. And then I was like, I, I didn't know if they yeah. put him back on the ice again, like after the first, you know, I will say there has been this push for the Leafs just to have some guys in their bottom six who do mm-hmm. their job on the right side of the play. They forecheck, they hit, they just do the right things. You can re- rely on them. And I was watching them tonight and I was like, I think they got too many of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, like it's good to have yeah. a few of those, but it's like Holmberg, yeah. great when you have a bunch of other guys who are skilled. Hunt, great when you have a bunch of other guys that are skilled guys. Aston Reese, same thing. Camp, yeah. same thing. All of a sudden you're looking, you go, who's going to shoot it in the net? Yeah. Like it's got to be Mar. It had to be Marner, Tavares, or Nylander tonight, it felt like. And it was. And again, getting kind of back to, I guess, what the theme of the game was for me, it was man, they, they have a real decision. We, we spend a lot of time talking about trying to add on that top six, trying to add some, like this luxury piece for Tavares and for uh, Marner. And I, I know McKee hates this. He hates the idea of like Matthew Nyes coming up from college and being guaranteed the shot. But to me, it's like, nah, you, you have him at least to give a look to and see. And Yarncroc has been fine in this role now. Like his numbers have jumped up enough and... I just think there's enough ways where you can be creative with it that it's not a priority. It's the luxury ad. It's like yeah. if you're at the deadline and you strike out on a bunch of things and there's like a Timo Meyer sitting there and the Sharks are going, we got to get rid of this. And you you missed out on the top blue liner and, the, and you missed out on Taves. All right, like let's get something done. Sure, right? Like that's the luxury Dubas has. But to me tonight was a reminder of like, no, no, no. The two deadline needs are you need a third line guy who can at least maybe have a little bit of finish and a little bit of toughness and just bring an identity to the third line and sure. or a defenseman who can eat some quality minutes and you're not kind of terrified of when he has to make a play the other way. Yeah. Yeah. The the offensive thing is like you look at the teams that win Stanley Cups and I hate to even mention a guy like Kadri, you know, playing down the lineup. Mm. Someone like that's really helpful. But, you know, these Your original idea. Yeah. Like these teams have someone down there who who is a, an offensive threat and so yeah where's it going to come from from the leafs they the top guys get shut down it's close game where's max talbot you know where's you know where's the random guy who can surprise you with one could it be angball sure could yep. it be you know mm. could be anyone zero but... goals in 17 playoff games angball i'll keep saying it it's my favorite stat right? but it's just, yeah and i that's what that's people say that's the reaction i get every time i tell people not many. It's not many. <laughs> not any, actually. Yeah, it's, not, it's not many. And yeah. I know the Engvall lovers hate when I say it, but like, yeah, tonight, 
Like I, I saw an account jokingly post one of his like checks and it was him lightly touching. And I'm like, there's just, I don't know what to say. His first, his first couple shifts too. Like he lost the puck battle and had a turnover, like in the matter of a few seconds. And I just went, I, I just cannot believe that you, like I get the chart thing and I, but I can't imagine looking at these numbers without some context and then watching the player and really thinking to yourself, right. like, this is the type of guy that the Leafs have been needing in the playoffs these last couple of years. No, like he's but the, it's like he's the type of guy that keeps helping them win these regular season regular games. Regular season. He's yeah. sneaky at like, you know, there's not many guys in your lineup who when they start skating with the puck, you're confident they're going to pull away from the people chasing them and get it in the other zone. Like, he's a fast skater, a big, long, rangy guy. I think he does some things that we take for granted sometimes, yep. but he's definitely one of those guys. that's like, he's one of the reasons the Leafs consistently are pretty good in the regular season. He doesn't seem to have the like smelling salts moment of like being able to freelance during a stressful moment to do something neat, creative, thoughtful. Like he just, he has raw abilities I don't think he's thinking while he's playing. He's just a bubble hockey man. He's he's fast Freddie Goche to me. <laughs> that's, that's not nice. <laughs> well, I don't know how else to say it. Like he's fast yeah. Freddie Goche. Like he he's you're right. He's built for a regular season. And if I was if the the if if this was soccer and the goal was to accumulate the most points to get to the top of the table, I'd be like, yep. But it's not. You need right. to build the two different teams. And it's the challenge of building a hockey club, right? I don't and think so... you do better at his salary, though, now. Like, he's here. He's on the team in playoffs. Oh, see, my dream is that he's involved in a deal for something come deadline time. Yeah. Like, if you think about it right now, there is going to be a crunch if Nyes comes up to play the left wing. It's very clear that Engvall is not a center and that he's best on, like, that left side. And my dream idea would be that the Leafs end up adding Nice. He actually works out for them. I don't need him to be a star, but yeah, I think of like how people got excited about Andreas Janssen when he came up that one year, the first year against the Bruins. Yeah. And I'm hoping like, hey, if Nice can be kind of like a a version of that come yeah. the end of the season, that would be a really nice push for them. But then, yeah, come deadline time, I, I think that other teams would covet a guy like Engvall who's cheap, you know, who's probably going to stay cheap, who's a good regular season player, who's going to yeah. accumulate some points fast, like fits with your team better. Again, like you mentioned the thing about, hey, you have too many guys like this, right, when they've been bringing in all these. And I think that's that's clear on a night like tonight where they just have zero guys who can score that you yeah. go, well, you can't really give up an Engvall because at least there's a hope and a prayer he's going to score for you there. To me, like the jury, the jury's kind of out. Like my, my opinion's kind of set. I don't think that he's the type of guy that's going to help a team like the Maple Leafs that doesn't have some of the things that he's missing as well in their top skill players. Yeah. And yeah, you, I think you need to get that somewhere in your lineup from somebody who plays. And so removing him seems to be kind of like a, a, yeah, it's a belief of mine. I'll, hey, prove me wrong. I'll be happy to be wrong. I really would. For if sure. the Leafs win, be happy to be wrong. It's funny, like there's, I, I am drawn to these players that have personality, and I don't think that's a fan aspect. I mean, guys who have, you know, normal reactions, the way Michael Bunting, you know, he gets into things yeah. with people, but like, I like Dryden Hunt. I feel like he reacts to people in moments and situations, you know, rather than just being robo players, they don't have a ton of that. I think back to the playoff series against Tampa, 
when uh, Nick Paul is talking about Angval and Brandon Hagel's trying to fight Angval, and mm-hmm. Paul's like, he won't even fight Angval. Like, or yeah. sorry, he won't even fight Hagel. He won't even fight Hagel. Yeah. Sorelli's running his mouth. Braden points in your face. Like, you know, the Kucherov is, you know, he's got his surly moments and his crafty ways. But like, I don't know. I, I feel like you need to have some personality, some awareness, some engagement in the emotional that's aspects it. of the game. That's the word for me is the engagement is I just I don't feel like that's there enough. And I feel like that is what you are going to need come playoff time. And that's going to become the difference where it really shows up. And that's why you can be a guy that, you know, people will always say that the playoffs is a small sample and that 17 games overall isn't all that much compared to blah, 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 blah. Like, I think that that's the reason why that sample is there is come playoff time. It's about guys who get engaged. It's about guys who can maintain that level. And he does maintain his level. It's just like it's not it's not the the one you want. Anyway, I hate making him a whipping boy like I do because it's funny. Like he was playing with Nylander tonight and when Nylander was playing well, I went. Poor Engvall has taken up like all the he's sat like he has soaked up all of the like old Nylander criticisms. And it's like the guy with the face that doesn't really look like he's there all the time. You know, the the natural talent, the yeah. like, different size. Really but, like out, out skated all of the hate and Engvall yes. just picked it up in a bag and put it on his back. <laughs> yeah, he's just scared <laughs> it. That big old giraffe. He's carrying the load. Uh, we got to talk about the missed call on camp. We didn't mention it from the Ooh. game. But can we run that, Dave? Because it's just... So I've been the guy on the power play who parks at the far blue and stretches, cuts across. You know, essentially, if you can get find a gap between the opposing D and get a pass, great. If not, you're building some momentum to get in on the forecheck like this Nashville player. But it's your responsibility to get out of the way of the players. They're skating backwards. That's their ice. They're claiming it. This is entirely on the Nashville player clips him in the head it's a brutal play and an obvious penalty Mm -hmm. yeah i like that the caption is did the refs miss this call and they did (laughs) yeah they 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 clearly did did. look at Um, i mean he tried he's he's got tons of ice on either side of camp there's not really an excuse for it and the way he clips him is really dangerous i was gonna say i i actually think that this is a bad like this is a dirty play Maybe like, suspendable. That's I was just gonna say. Like I don't I don't like to think the worst in this stuff. And I'm a big it's a fast game guy, and we take this thing we we oftentimes overreact when we try to call for like 25 game suspensions and yeah. whatever. Like I just think it's an extremely hard job, right? Everyone loves getting mad at uh, the NHL yeah. uh, player safety department because they're like they, you never get it right. There's no consistency. It's like yeah, because the game. There, there's not a lot of consistency always with the plays. There's yeah. all kinds of different mitigating factors. It's really hard. That one, to me, it looks like he can see him all the way. And that yes. one, to me, Niederreiter is like, oops, and he gets him in the head. Like, he's yeah. he's kind of aiming for it. Like, if he gets a game, I wouldn't be shocked. But the fact that all the officials miss that, and then they huddle together, and, like, yeah. they blow the play dead, and they all get together. That, this is one of those things where I... I don't know why they don't use common sense every once in a while. Like, just How do you get think together, Camp like, fell on his own? Yeah, he's laid out on the ice, and he didn't have the puck. So what should we do here? Like, did anybody see it? Well, I didn't have a clear look. Okay, well, yeah, we got to call this one. Like, I, let's yeah. just call this. You know, I used to, in that role on the power play, like, time it so if I wasn't going to get a pass, when the 
I was directly behind that camp player when the puck would enter the zone. So basically when they went to turn, they'd get tangled up in me or they couldn't get back on it or I'd at least establish body position, maybe clip the guy, touch a heel, something like that. But like, you know where you are on the ice there and that's, I'm not a big call for a suspension guy and I don't even know if I would here, but I would, I would at least if I were in that department of player safety, say to the other guys, Hey, what do you guys think? Cause it's at least worth a discussion. I think he knew he was there. Yeah. Like I just, there, there was enough time. It was enough space. The way his body goes into him. Like I said, I think that was an accidentally on purpose that he would never admit at any point in time that he saw him or He'll never that have to was, admit it. Yeah. No, but if you true serumed him up, he'd be like, of course I saw <laughs> free shot. <laughs> yeah. Like I was a free shot. And you got to think too, like, I don't, if you see him and you know, that's camp. I always think about this, like, a guy like Camp's probably annoying as hell to play against all night. Niederreiter's like, I hate this guy. I hope like, he stops playing tonight. Yes, I don't want this guy out here anymore. And yeah, just you probably went after him a little bit. Um, yeah. I'm just going to check my notes, make sure I don't have anything else. You got anything else? McMahon, Nylander, Camp, Kerfoot, yep. Geo. Nope, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good too. I would say that um, Tavares is hot. That's the only thing. Yeah, it's is, nice. uh, Tavares is hot and... He's he's done this now a couple of times in a couple of the recent games. He's got five goals in four games. Yeah. Um, just he's got as many goals as Matthews. Like he's when he's in tight, he's as good as finisher as anybody. You know, like, he's just, so streaky. Don't you feel yeah. like he's a guy? And I hope we get to clip this in the first round of the playoffs. Who could score seven goals in six games in the playoffs? Like he just gets a bunch of net so. front garbage, and all of a sudden yeah. he's the difference. Like, hey, it's almost like you wouldn't want him playing the wing for Pontus Holmberg. <laughs> Does that come up on my show? <laughs> yeah. You guys clipped it too. <laughs> you guys threw it out there. You, uh, Kipper and Sammy are all like, what if you just go to Tavares and ask him to play the wing and see what Pontus looks like up the middle? I was like, are you guys? Like, I hope we didn't say that. <laughs> oh, you did. I saved it. Don't worry. <laughs> like I've been... I've been ruthless with McKee with it for a little while. I'm like, that's, you know, I, as a take artist, as someone who, you know, has the takes a lot of the times, Yeah, I respected that there was a fearlessness to it, but I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I there's keep no way that I was like, this is a good idea. Uh, I don't think you said this is a good idea, but you didn't sewer them in a way that I, yeah. Like, I think, well, listen, man, I think that, you know, sometimes your role on that show is to be like, Hey, don't just shoot this down, like hear it all out. And that's what ended up going on in the clip. Yeah. I just keep picturing like Sheldon Keefe going up to Tavares and being like, Hey, we're going to try something out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I, I like it. Like what do you got? <laughs> well, I'm sorry. What? I, like, well, Tavares is also like, I think he's top five in face-off percentage. And I just picture like Holmberg losing these big draws. <laughs> big draw on Tavares is looking at the bench and finally showing a little bit of personality and anger. If he allowed that to happen, I think it's just like you could call him a bona fide loser for allowing that to go down. No, it was just, it was brought up. And I thought, oh, this is a good one. I went, this was too far. The push for Pontus has officially Listen, gone too we, far. We've already, it's, it's halfway through the year with the first round already yeah. teed up. We've had some yeah. takes. Eric Carlson yeah. was a leaf the other day on hey, our show. It's, it's been, buddy. we've had more. I've been doing Eric Carlson for the Leafs like all year long. I'm, I support that take. I like I'm into that take. I, I'm so into that take. I've been fake shopping. You send Morgan Riley out. You bring him back and yeah, figure out the rest of the pieces like We're for a while. Doing. 
We're not doing. I, this. I'm just saying. I've been doing that. All right. <laughs> I've been doing. <laughs> I've been doing that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, subscribe to the podcast. As we always say, leaving five stars on Spotify and iTunes it really helps. It's always nice when we read a review on uh, on Apple. Um, le- hit that like button. What it, what's the sound that the like button make? Yeah, my mouth is dry, so I couldn't really <laughs> execute that very well. Uh, and then yeah, we're back on tomorrow night, Sammy and I. And then yeah, Saturday nights, as you know. Um, we won't be live, but it'll be up pretty quick. The reaction to the Boston game, obviously a big one. So, you know, Sam and I will probably go a little bit long on that one. And then, uh, yeah, follow on Twitter and Instagram at JD Bunkus at JT Bourne. And we will catch you tomorrow. Thanks so much for watching. Thanks so much for listening.